Yeah. Should I play something? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Jaded. I'm Jody. Hi, it's Nick. And Nick, what um, note or was that harmonica? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, let's see. It's um, a D. A D. Okay. Was that a song or was that just? A that was just an improvisation. Ah, it was lovely. I always like when you start with those. Um, today is September twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. It's Friday. Um, I have to do that sometimes because when I go back and listen to my podcast, I, if I am not looking at it, I don't, I don't remember when it was. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, just got off work. Have to do inventory tomorrow. Um, but Nick and I are glad to have this weekend in front of us after Monday through Friday jobs. And we were talking about a, a number of things. Uh, one of them is letting go. And what, what is that? What does that look like in your life? Um, it affects your life significantly, especially if you have to let go of people or children or your dog dies or, I don't know, a number of things that people, uh, you lose a job or you quit a job, um, all those types of things. Let go of family members who, you know, through death or through arguments or relationship issues or uh, financial issues, there's all kinds of things. So, anyway... Even letting go of control? <laughs> letting go of control in general. So, anyway, we, um, there is a, um, Richard Bach wrote a book called Illusions, and in that book, um, he has uh, a little story which kind of talks about letting go. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about what it's like for us to let go to also. And Nick says that when he had private practice, you said you used this. Yeah, when I had private practice, people would come in all the time. And that's essentially the, the main reason people come in, is they can't let go of something. Um, and they need guidance in letting go. And they're terrified. And um, letting go is hard. It is, it's not an easy process. You can get pretty banged up and so, you know, in the through that process, but the in, the end result is that you're free of that issue for the rest of your life once you let go. So anyway, you want to read that, uh, Jody? Yeah, sure. Um, it begins, and the ma- and the master answered and said, "Once there lived a village of creatures along the bottom of Great Crystal River. The river, the current of the river, swept silently over them all, young and old, rich and poor." good and evil, the current going its own way, knowing only its own crystal self. Each creature in its own manner clung tightly to the twigs and rocks of the river bottom, for clinging was their way of life, and resisting the current what each had learned from birth. But one creature said at last, I am tired of clinging. Though I cannot see it with my eyes, I trust that the current knows where it is going. I shall let go, and let it take me where it will. Clinging, I shall die of boredom. The other creatures laughed and said, "Fool, let go, and that current will—that wo- current you worship will throw you tumbled and smashed across the rocks, and you will die quicker than boredom." 
but the one heeded them not, and taking a breath did let go, and at once was tumbled and smashed by the current across the rocks. Yet in time, as the creature refused to cling again, the current lifted him free from the bottom, and he was bruised and hurt no more. And the creatures downstream, to whom he was a stranger, cried, See a miracle, a creature like ourselves, yet he flies. See the Messiah, come to save us all. And the one carried in the current said, I am no more Messiah than you. The river delights to lift us free, only if we dare to let go. Our true work is this voyage, this adventure. So that um, little story is, uh, I think, rep- can really offer an, a metaphor for letting go. Um, for Jody and I, we recently let go of alcohol. And so we're in the process of, uh, I guess, um, mor- mourning that life. I didn't know you were going there with that. That well, Let's speak to uh, that real quick. We, we are example. still sober, still not drinking. Yeah, we're still not drinking. Yeah. July 4th. July 4th, yes. So, 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 so we are letting go of something. Is that why you pulled this up? No, I didn't. No, that's not why. I was actually gonna, I was gonna actually let Dan see it because he's a storyteller. But my friend, my neighbor's a storyteller. Anyway, um, what do you mean by a storyteller? He goes places to um, and tells stories or helps people create a story. Uh, like he he did a nurses convention and uh, everybody had to put together, the, you know, everybody collaborated and made a story, and somehow that was a bonding thing, all right? Oh, okay. So, Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. distract, but... Anyway. But anyway, um, where was I? I was... Oh, I lost track. Um, oh, the alcohol. The alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we're mourning that. Um, I had strong urges today to go buy some wine. Is that morning? Um, uh, I guess that's addiction. That's cravings. That's addiction. (laughs) That's addiction. My head was telling me that I wanted to do that, and and I wanted to feel that way, you know, buzzed. I know I was kind of almost hoping that they would bring beer to work today. I I didn't know if I was going to drink it or not, but I was hoping they would bring it. I know, but that's part of the craving process, letting go. And you mentioned mentioned earlier, I wish, you said, I can't wait until this no longer affects me. And, uh, you know, right. we were talking about a different subject. Yes. But that's how long it takes sometimes. Letting go is a, a long process. Now, we could... We well, the same out. subject, actually, because I was talking about... Friends. Whenever I see a certain vehicle, I think of a certain person. Yeah. And it would, you know, it's it's not... Every time, I don't think, but I think it's just when I notice. But when I do notice, I feel that, you know, that pain, that kind of tightness, that sadness, that that doesn't feel good. Well, that person and, was one of your friends, and she was a good friend for a, a while. Oh, well, there's also a him, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my alcoholic, whenever I see a caddy, I dig him. Yeah. And their caddy's fucking everywhere in Denver. Yeah. But that's getting better. Even though I still see a lot of them, it doesn't hurt anymore to see them. It's kind of like, but it's like, I wish that so I could do you, stop. So how do you let go of that? Uh, time. Know, is it only time, or is there some time skill that you use to... Time is the best. Um, coping skill that I use, I mean, when I feel it, my coping skill is to remind myself about the positive, 
that that I'm because it's a an object and I'm tying the feelings to it. So when I see it, if I feel sad, it's because I'm tying sadness to it. And so I try in my mind to instead tie it to good thoughts. When I see the car, think of a good thing instead of the pain and the hurt to make it a good memory instead of a bad. So one. it seems like these um, um, uh, events in your life, uh, the one girl and her, you know, with a car, who's a be- one of your best friends, plus your, your alcoholic. My something in those relationships caused enough pain to uh, for, for PTSD to emerge because you're hypervigilant and you also get triggered. You get triggered by seeing a car. There you go, you know, it triggers I don't back. jump or anything. It's not like that. But I don't doesn't, jump. Doesn't PTSD do that? Doesn't that just mean that I have a good memory? Well, I mean, you, it, you just said yourself it brings up pain. Well, but I'm changing that. Well, pain By associating good memories with it instead of... I, I suffer from that. We know this. Uh, for each event you suffer from that? No, from other things I suffer from PTSD. Therefore, all trauma is... Related to... All trauma is handled the way someone with PT, PTSD does. Okay, you get triggered. However you want to categorize it. That's how it goes. You see a car, you get triggered. It, but it's... Yeah, and when I see coins. But when I see coins, I see... I look for my children's birth years. So it makes me feel good to remember my kids, and I save the coins with their birth years on them. I'm but sorry, them. I'm not asking you to let go of coins. But I'm saying but you're hypervigilant, you were talking yeah, about. We're talking not about only do I now. see cars, I see right. coins, and I see good things. So you have an emotion when you see a Cadillac. I have an emotion all the time. All right. <laughs> but I have an emotion. I mean, it's been better lately. It's been better. It's not like it was, especially even with the alcohol. Even with the alcohol, I had much more deeper feelings and emotions, being more involved well, in... Well, you were unregulated because you were under the influence. Uh, yeah. And so you leaked all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Well. I just feel like I maybe was, uh, I Maybe felt... we're getting in touch finally with who <laughs> you are sober. Now, you've been sober before because you've been to jail before for six months, but you know... <laughs> Yeah, that's so right. So we got to get past six, six months, months, don't we? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. hopefully, you know, should be forever. For the hopefully. one. For the one. Yeah. The alcohol I'm still, you know, back and forth about, but yeah. I still want to be able to enjoy, a, you know, a bottle of wine if, you know, one of my cell drips happens to give me one. Just well, a bottle I'll, of wine. I'll, I'll share that you with know? you. I just, you know, I don't feel it compromises my sobriety. Yeah, you know, just a bottle of wine, you know? <laughs> well, some, a lot of folks... Well, maybe, yeah, for a lot of folks, a bottle of wine is like, oh, wow, a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, they have a glass, and it's a half a glass. Half a glass. <laughs> all right, so... <clears throat> no, but I, we're talking about letting go, all right? Yep. And we were talking about coping skills. What coping skills do you use? Do you reframe things, I guess, What when you get triggered... You reframe it and start thinking about the positive. I attach a positive memory to it instead of letting the emotional pain. So mm-hmm. it's it's not painful. Any, like I said, it's not painful anymore to see them, but I still see the cars and I'm reminded. Whenever I see a car that's a, a Scion TC, like my son used to drive, I see the car. I remember, I think about my son. I don't think it's bad well, to okay. think uh, about people. Let's talk about things. something that people can relate to. Like letting go of a relationship. <laughs> Fuck you. Nobody can relate to me. What the hell, Nick? Well, <laughs> We're not drinking and you're triggering me. <laughs> oh. All right.
No, I'm just saying, you know. Letting go of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you let go of relationships? Well, my, my ex died. Oh, okay. I wasn't how talking about that go? one. Uh, yeah. Well, how do, okay. Well, you, you gotta let go of that. Too. How do you let go of that death? Because, you know, I've not been in a relationship in five years. Okay? So have you so let I'm go? Not, I'm not letting go, am I? I don't know. Are you? Terrified me. She died. I know. I'm, I'm I, yep. absolutely terrified of getting loving somebody else and them getting sick. <laughs> Byron died. Yeah. And the whole time I was with my alcoholic, I was afraid he was going to die. Yeah. Because yeah. he was an alcoholic. He was, like, oh, very scary. That, that shit happens to you. Scary sometimes. And I don't think you're good for a relationship. After that? After, after that. someone dies? I, there's people who do it. Well, I think you have to. I think you have to. It's kind of like when a pet dies. The best way to... I, don't, I hate to say it, the best way to get over it is to get another dog. Yeah. I mean, there are, like, what you... I think what I missed about my animals when they died was I missed having an animal to love. And there are definitely plenty of animals out there to love. So, you know, instead of immortalizing this one cat, you know, give someone else a home. Yeah, I know. Speaking of cats... Speaking of cats, here comes Blue. Here comes Blue, pretty kitty. There you go. I tell you, girl at my work's cat is having kittens, or had kittens. She had five kittens. Yeah, I bet you they're really cute. Three calicos. Yep, they're all little girls. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, letting go of that, for me, traumatic event. Because mm-hmm. I took care of her for the last year of her life. And that means changing diapers. That means giving her shots of medicine, Ugh. giving her, you know... Uh, I would have such a hard time with shots. I know that's dumb. I know, I know but she was dying. I had to, you know, uh, so, so, put her pills, uh, uh, like her antidepressants and things. She wouldn't swallow them. I got to put them in her butt. You know. You did what? I had to put her Prozac in her butt. Why would? And it? also her sedative. Because it absorbs down there. Yeah. What the fuck? Not kidding. Oh my. Learn something new every day. Oh my goodness, that's your type. Not your type of anal, Nick. That's probably not your favorite, right? It was not my favorite. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. Anyway, so what's? I'm, not, I'm, I'm, you know, God bless her, but I'm saying I, I guess, letting go. I pulled this up maybe because it was for me. Okay. Off my computer, because I haven't let go. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got, uh, you know, Kia or whoever, uh, you know, uh, who, who would like to, you know, have a relationship with me. But I, I'm pushing her away. But I think you're smart with her. Well, I think so, too. Because <laughs> because what she wants is not what you want. No. It, that's not about not letting go. That's just about being smart. Yeah. And um, I've been relatively happy alone. Okay. Because I have my grandson, you know. Yeah, you're not really alone. I'm not really alone. You are not at all alone. You, you take vacations with your grandson. And you like come you over three times a week. So you're not alone. Yeah, I come over pretty often. So, yeah. it's. And your daughters are always here? My daughters are here. So I don't need much else. So I don't miss it. Okay, so. Maybe if I was completely alone like you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, completely alone. 
You're living alone, but you don't have babies. You don't have, no, you know, a cat. That was just very point blank. Well. Yes, I am completely alone, Nick. Yeah, and I'm not. You're not? No. But doesn't a part of you want to be the king of your castle and walk around naked and do whatever you want? Not really. If I lose 50 pounds, I'll walk around naked. Huh. See, I don't care how fat I am, I'll walk around naked. I love having my own face. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. So letting go. All right. So you don't... Uh, let, letting go of uh, my addiction to cigarettes would be a great thing. You know? Walking through that. How are you going to do that? Well, do you want to talk about what's hard to let go of with Ellen? Um... Yeah, I can. Uh, I think the main thing that's hard to let go of was, or is, um, the pureness of the love we had for each other, the friendship, you know? And uh, it's all, I've never had that before. Can you kind of explain, give some background as to how you guys met? Well, she uh, she and I uh, went to grad school together back in the early 90s, and... um, at that time, we hit it off, and we were studying together, and, you know, there was flirting going on, and, you know, and then um, I'd go up to see her and I'd, in Boulder, because I lived were in Denver. Were you single? I was single. And, um, you know, she'd want a massage, and, but I never let it go. I never went to, I never even saw her boobies, all right? <laughs> um, she was married. Okay. All right? And her husband was sitting in the living room. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's pretty uh, yeah. professional. Yeah, professional. And, and you didn't wear your speedo. No, I did take off my shorts. You know. <laughs> That's probably so, good. Yeah. Um. So you know we had that relationship connection. All right. So eventually, I, I didn't hear much from her. Uh, apparently, she divorced that guy, and then she. I, I did hear about that a couple years later by phone, but she married another guy almost right away. Uh, but the first husband's name was John, and the second husband's name was John. That's easy. So she was a John girl. And so... <laughs> she liked the Johns. I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, one was a short John, one was a long John. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so anyway, I would say 15 years later, right? Mm-hmm. 2011, it is. I'm cleaning my refrigerator... And I have a landline, okay? My landline I use for my fax machine. I, said, I never answer Nick, it. do you still have that landline? You're still, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. I still have it. And um, I'm cleaning the fridge. The landline sitting next to the fridge. It rings. I said, okay, what the heck? I, I picked it up. And it was her. And you never picked up I hadn't phone. seen her for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. What did she say? I recognized her voice immediately. She oh. said... Hi, it's me, you know, uh, and that's how she, she kind of talked into this kind of, like, you know, valley girl kind of thing. <laughs> and she's from back east, but anyway, she's, anyway, should we talked for briefly 10 minutes. Oh, she, she said, oh, can I come down and see you? I'd love to see you. I said, sure, come on down. When are you going to come? Saturday. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So I had the boy here. He was six, maybe. Okay. 2011, five. You know. Okay. <laughs> All right, she comes down, and she's a very pretty woman, uh, very attractive, and dresses wonderfully. 
And so she shows up. She walks in the door and she grabs me and starts kissing me. And little Orion, he's mm-hmm. five years old, he's watching the, he's a, yeah. I said, I, I'm saying, Ellen, I mean, you know, hey. she's married. <laughs> did she not see him? She did. Oh, well, she's just and overwhelmed she was, with she, she, yeah. passion. I was, it blew me <laughs> away. Nick, I, I, my goodness, was, you must have been radiating some pheromones. Uh, she well, something was going on. I mean, geez, I've never, it is rare <gasps> that a woman walks in the door and immediately starts kissing on you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it never happened And to then me. she was even more aggressive. <laughs> I mean, she started like, you know, rubbing me and stuff. And Okay. I, you know, I had to tell her, simmer down, you know, because... The boys here, I mean, you know, come on, you know, girl. I had to literally remind her like every three minutes to simmer down. Wow, she was, was she, hot to try. Was she on a? I no, she wasn't doing see? drugs. No, she no, no. <laughs> and I think she was in a manic episode. Is what I think. Oh, because she suffered she from bipolar. bipolar. Okay, she was hy- hypersexual. Gotcha. All right, so. Anyway, she left that day, and then, you know, I think we had, she came down another time or whatever. And I said, look, I'm not going to do anything with you until you do something about your marriage. Mm. All right? I really drew a line. I was Good proud of Good for you. Myself. Yeah. I, uh, we, ha- we had been in love for tw- more than 20 years. Were you in a little bit of shock? Yes. I said, wow. <laughs> I was like so... You're in a protective like, mode. Thank you, God. No, I was really like in a thank you, God mode. Oh, okay. You know? And so... Because we had been, we had loved each other for so many years, 20 years. Gotcha. And all of a sudden... You guys didn't talk in those 20 years? No. Interesting. She had my phone number, and it, that's the only way she reached me, because... Who saves a phone number for 20 years? I do. I'm, <laughs> for kind of I'm 66 years old. Of course I do. <laughs> you know? Jeez. God. And so, she's 10 years younger than me. And when you don't call, I guess. I, that's a long time. Yeah. She just... I'm going to call Nick, she said. You know, so you send her off and say, take care said, of your no, marriage. I said, no, take care of it. She did. Within a month, she had moved out into her own place. Wow. Yeah. Started the paperwork? Yep. Was it a nasty divorce? No. Nope. Oh. He was a, an author and a historian. Uh, he studied um, the uh, Indians in Central America, what do they call And um, uh, he was into the uh, Mayan end-of-the-world clock. The Mayans made a, a calendar that said the end of the world was going to be in 2012 on December 12th or something like that. Really? He was on the History Channel. He wrote a book about it. Wow. But he didn't have a job. Okay? Oh. Can't make money just writing books. you got to sell books, right? Okay. Uh, and so he would get a little grant from somebody to go down to Central America and look at the Mayan ruins or whatever. And then he would give, give seminars on the on the end of the world, you know. Free ones, apparently. Well, he would get paid a couple hundred bucks or whatever, you know. But she she was working as a social worker in the hospital, and that was their only income. Really, wow. You know. Well, it wasn't working out for her. All right. <laughs> Sixteen years she had been married to him. Well, it worked out for a while. It worked out for a while, but he was never home, you know. Sometimes it works better that way. Yeah, sometimes it does. Maybe that's why it was 16 years. So anyway, so that's how the relationship began, all right, 2011. Um, And then she, we had eventually moved in with me here, 
and she was working in Boulder, and eventually she, you know, in 2014, uh, she got cancer, you know, uh, skin cancer, and went to her brain, and then it took her a year to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, go, having gone through that, meaning the love of your life... Well, but tell me uh, about the two years before the cancer. Like, weren't well, they amazing? Oh, they were amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. We were, we were like, totally in love. You know, we watched... Nick was getting sex on the reg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm loving Everywhere. it. You Everywhere. Know. Everywhere, nice. Yeah. And, and she was... And a, she was good a, with the boy? She's, he loved her. I'll bet. She'd play Scrabble with him. She'd, you know, play war with the cards. Nice. And, you know, and, and she was, you know, he loved her. Nice. And he watched her die, too. So for him, I mean, that's why he's upset with you at times, because... Um, yeah, he, he can be very... Yeah. Cold, because not he cold, doesn't want me getting close. And he doesn't want And he doesn't want anybody to be re- replaced Ellen. Okay? Yeah. That's part of the reason he resists you. Yeah. I mean, he likes you. He'll be like, you know, but he's got a, kind of a cold tone, you know. Yeah. And, and he, when yeah. there was a while there, and it was back when we were drinking, which was funny, but there was a while there when he was real good with me. Remember, mm-hmm. we, uh, he, he just was, he was warm and open. Yeah. And then, of course, he's now a teenager. So mm-hmm. that's part of it as well. You know, right. he's withdrawn from everybody, not just me. Right. But, um, there was a time when, when we were close. Yeah. And, you know, that's still there. He knows you're my friend, but yeah. he doesn't want me to get any closer. You know? Because <laughs> and no he one doesn't can, want to get any Yeah, closer. and no one... He, he, the last woman he got close to died. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for him, he's got that trauma, too, like me. How is he dealing with Tyson's death? Uh, he actually talked to the therapist about this last week, so that was good. You know, That's good. Got some stuff out. His sadness and his shock and his anger and you know. Does he? Tyson was uh, his uncle who killed himself a couple months ago, and so uh, we don't know why. We don't know nothing, uh, but it affected Orion uh, in a deep way. So he's now had experience of adults dying around him. I know. I never had that experience as a child. I and. I didn't really people know anyone he was who died until I was an adult. Yeah, people he was close to. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Um, so, I'm sure Tyson's death here, uh, you know, triggered him, mm-hmm. you know. Very well uh, you, you start feeling more helpless mm-hmm. about any control in your life because you could die at any minute. People around, the people you love around you are dying. Yeah, and you never expected them to die. You not at, not when you're young. No, mm-hmm. not Ellen at 52 and Tyson at what was he 38? 30, was he 38? Yeah. So you know, I think that um, he's got some things to let go of, and I know it's nice and maybe compact to fit it into a little story about creatures at the bottom of a river, uh, but it doesn't minimize the fact that letting go is about the process of living but also dying Mm because we're all in the process of dying yeah and we have to get used to letting go so that we can ultimately let go of our life our aliveness and do it in peace hopefully you know um letting go of everything that life appears to be a process of letting go well and 
And, you know, my, my parents are in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, my son said something very horrible the other day. <coughs> um, my daughter Avery and I were down at my mom's house where my son and his family live. And Colby was very angry, probably in a manic episode or um, something, and was yelling at my mom, um, you know, accusing her and my dad of talking shit about them all the time and um, different dumb things like that. And my mom and and Colby was saying that, you know, he wasn't going to let me see the kids anymore. He was angry at me as well. You know, he was just angry at everybody. Um, Jealous. Jealous of me. Um, Outright said it. It was very Well, your father had bought you a car. He's jealous of that. Uh, But the thing about my dad buying me the car is that he was going to get my car. And that's how the whole fight started. The whole fight started because he said, I don't want your piece of shit car. Yeah. And I'm like, you and your family have nothing. You guys have no car. Mm Mm-hmm. You hate, you know, you and my parents, it's, it's difficult on all of you that you don't have a car. Like, it might not be a new fucking car, but it's a car, and it's a good car, and you, you, and it's free, damn it. And he was just belligerent and out of his fucking mind, and he said something about me not being able to see the kids anymore, that I couldn't see the kids. Um, he's jealous that I come down to see Eli, and I'm so happy to see Eli. He's like, Eli's the only one you care about. And I said... Eli doesn't look at me with judgment. Eli doesn't tell me I'm a shitty mom. Eli doesn't hate me. Eli loves me, and I love seeing Eli. So, yeah, I do love to come down to see him. And um, he says, you know, well, not not anymore, not anymore. You know, just can't. My mom goes, you know what, Cody? <coughs> I hope that when you get down to Colorado Springs and you have no one, I hope that you are happy. And he goes, you know what, Grandma? I can't wait, too, because you'll be six feet under. He said that to his grandmother. He said that to my mother. And Avery just broke down in tears. Um, there's well, it's little... on everyone's mind as you get older, and all your siblings and your children. Well, and, and Avery everybody. loves my mom. My yeah. mom is Avery's favorite person in the world. Yeah. And Avery knows her mother. My mom is older. That She's old. That, you know, she doesn't... We don't know how much time any of us has and Colby bringing that up and wishing that Avery was so hurt when the when the situation was finally over Avery and I go out to our cars to leave and she says mom she's like I can't believe he says that she's like I feel so bad for my grandma and I said honey said you don't know what it was like when I was growing up I said we used to fight all the time there was mean shit said Almost every night. Said, my mom is tough. These are just words. She's not She's not going to be hurt by this. She says, I'm just worried, Mom, that she's going to go upstairs to her room and cry. And I said, I don't think so. I said, I don't think so. Colby was talking shit. They're just like, Avery is super, super sensitive. I don't know if anybody... Avery would have gone upstairs and cried. Yeah. She may have. <laughs> she Well, she was crying. Going home, yeah. And, and she said, she goes, Mom... Because one of the things Colby was saying, he was saying that everybody talks shit about them. Um, Avery and Marcos included. And Avery goes, Colby, we don't even talk about you. Like, we have our own lives and our own, like, you don't even come up and, you know, 
and and when we were leaving, Avery says, you know, Mom, she goes, I, I haven't talked to my dad about Colby. I never talked to my dad about Colby. Ever since the wedding, I, she goes, but I'm going to talk to him tonight, Mom, because I can't believe he said that. And I said, you know, honey, I said, when those words came out of my son's mouth, my instinct was to step forward and fucking slap the shit out of him. But with Colby, I don't know. He might hit me back. Well, then you had the cops there. And be I don't care if I hit know. him and he called the cops. Fine. Mm-hmm. I think the cops would cheer me on for what he said to my mother. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a possibility that he would hit me back. And well, I would, I'm not, I'm not I didn't put myself yeah, in that I'm not, situation. I'm not sure he's always sober, and I would be afraid that he would make it Well, poor, he's just violent towards me. poor judgment. He attacked me the one time before. I mean, last year. First time he ever put his hands on me in his life. Well, and he's a grown adult. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, um, the letting go, like, well, death is, is there a way different. to prepare for it? I mean, like, I know my parents, you know, I try to spend well, as much word, time with them as possible. That's a good plan, but letting go uh, of smaller things in your life are going to help with letting go of the bigger things. Explain. Well, um, your Cadillac. You know, letting mm. go of that, uh, letting go of um, not being in control of your kids anymore. Boy, that's been a big one for me, you know. Not me. I haven't been in control uh, of my kids well, since I know, they were but like I, For 12. me, that's been a big one. You know, they've left the house, the empty nest thing, you know. That's what you wanted. Uh, well, of course you, it is. You're cheering, right? Of course it is. But Success. Then they, then they make stupid choices, and then I have to, put, <coughs> I, you know, I stick my foot in my mouth, and I <coughs> try to tell them what to do instead of, you know. Anyway, there's instead lots of, of money watching. Going. Yeah, instead of just watching. That's what I should do. That's all you can do. Yeah. I mean... So, I, you know, I think the biggest uh, letting go for me, right, probably right now, is uh, the one with Ellen. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how I could let that go. I, I'm working on le- learning how... To let that go, I don't. I don't know how to let that go right now. Maybe it's okay not to let that go. I don't think. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you should let it. I don't um, think you should let that go. I. Uh, the, the, there are her things soul you should hold on to forever. Her, yeah, that's that spirit that she had, her smile, her laugh. I mean, I keep it in my heart, and mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily want to give it up. And I don't. It would have to be a pretty special person to come into my life uh, as a friend to make me want to try that again you know okay so and who wants to watch i mean either way either she's going to watch me die or i'm going to watch her die one or the other you know yeah that's something you know going in which yeah. does make it hard to go into yeah. a relationship oh god yeah that's not something we thought about in our younger days no you didn't have to think about that when you're 25 you know i still at my age don't think about it that much i know when I was 40, I'm more when focused I was 40, on my parents. When I was 44, I didn't think about it at all. You know, I thought, you know, I still got 40 years left. You know? Right. Well, you're 40, still 20. Or you're 45. I might have 40 years left. These days, people live. Yeah. Much longer. Yeah. But I, I've said before, and I'll say again, and maybe now that it's recorded, I can make it happen. I told my kids. If you ever have to change my diaper, if you ever have to feed me, put me down, <laughs> please, if I cannot take care everybody, of myself. Everybody says that, though. 
And you, you I don't think everybody says no, that. You can't do it. I mean, unless you have terminal cancer. Don't you know they're changing the laws? Well, yeah, it has changed. Um, you can do it. In Colorado, two, two you can. Doctors can. In Colorado, you right, can. Right. But anyway, that's what has to be done. I mean, you can't ask your kids to do that. I, don't know. I know, but that was still. I was just trying to let them know. So if I'm ever on a ventilator and can't breathe for myself, and don't leave me there. In a diaper. Don't leave me there. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It gets scarier as you get older. Yes, of course. Because you're it's you're closer to that point. And you see you, more and more of it over well, the I, years. I, I hospitalize guys younger than me who have Alzheimer's. You know? That's a scary disease. You know? And, and uh, if I forget something, if I forget my keys, I t- I'm terrified that, oh, my God, I forgot something. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I've never had a good memory. So I, I, I can't even imagine me. My mother's the same way, though. She, <laughs> We laugh about it because we'll walk into a room and go, what did I come in here for? That's pretty common, um, I think. But uh, Alzheimer's scares me. We don't have it in our family. But you never know. And uh, I don't think, I'm glad we stopped drinking. Yes. Is that a contributor? Yes, it's a contributor. I didn't to, know that. And it's also a contributor to dementia and a lot, and liver disease. <laughs> Is pot a contributor to they any haven't of those found any, No, they haven't found anything wrong with pot. Because <laughs> I swear it zapped my memory. I don't know. Well, of course Definitely it Definitely affects it. My recall, for yeah. sure. I've seen whole movies and not remembered. Gone to the movie theater and seen it. I think it was, it was Happy Gilmore. I went with Marcos, Joanna, and Sam. And we all smoked in the car before we went in. We were at Kmart like two weeks later, and I was pointing at the poster telling Marcos, I said, I really want to see that movie. You saw it twice. And he's like, Jody. No, I saw it once. He's like, Jody. We saw that. Don't you? And I'm like, what? Do you remember going to the movie theater? That <laughs> was it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember the rest of it. Oh. And I watched no, the anyway. movie again, and it didn't seem familiar either. No. It was, like, brand new. So it was total blackout. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Yeah, we know that about you. Um, maybe we should take a break cool. here. Okay. And, um, we can discuss, uh, get on a t- another discussion a little bit later if we want, but, you know. But, yeah, okay, we can wrap it up for now. But I... Letting go. And, and I, I, don't, I think... I don't, all right, let's, let's just say this, okay, before we go. Um... Letting go of fear is probably the hardest one. Ellen's death reminds me of my own mortality. Okay, I'm afraid of dying. There's a lot of people who might say I'm not afraid of dying. I think Yolanda you, just died too. Yeah, she died also. My ex-wife. And so I've had two partners who have recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm saying that fear. If you can identify what you're afraid of in your life, mm-hmm. that's what you have to work on. You need to work on exactly what you don't want to do. Yeah. Because that's how you overcome. That's how you move uh, forward. And you move forward. That's how you let go. Everyone has to have some Let go of that comfort. fear, this fear, of the other fear, you know, fear of being alone, you're working on that. Fear of not being in a relationship, you're working on that. Fear of... Um, uh, not being having alcohol, you know, fear of getting fired. Well, fear of being accepted at your workplace or otherwise. I mean, all those little fears until you become a whole person. Because you can't be a whole person if you have all those fears. 
speaking of that, of working on ourselves, I think that um, I've I've found it sound it sounds so simple to say it, but I found a new way to combat a lot of my anxiety um, because a lot of everything makes me anxious. Having to go somewhere, having to do something, um, just makes me anxious. Um, don't want to do it. Don't want to deal with the people. Don't want to have to drive. Don't want to have to park. Just, you know, all the little things, blah, blah, Stressing. Um, and most of the time it's because I'm debating, should I go to the gas station first? Should I just go home? Should I go to the grocery store? And I've learned that I'm just decided and fucking do it. It sounds so simple and it's probably what everybody else in the world has done their whole lives, but when I'm thinking, should I go to King Supers? Should I? I'm just like, okay, I'm going to King Supers. Should I stop? I'm going to the gas station. Then I'll go home. And then when I do it, like I'm not stressing the, the whole the time. Anxiety goes away, right? So I'm, you're letting go of anxiety using that coping skill. Yes. So we yeah, we enlightened the world. Well, I just me and mine, I guess. Well, that's a good coping skill. And, and the. Thinking positive thoughts about the things I'm seeing instead. I mean, I don't think bad thoughts when I see Kettner's old car. And I... Whenever I see your... I see your truck, too. And I think of you, I see trucks like that. Oh, there's Nick's truck. Yeah. It's it's not a bad thing. It's just that... I could make it a bad thing, (laughs) though. It's just that some of the memories are about someone I've lost. Right. And... Mm -hmm. And that in itself is sad. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, keep, I still keep Ellie's ashes on my desk. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what kind of things, because you lived here with her. Yeah. But you also lived here before her. So are there things that you come across in your home that remind you of her other than her ashes? Well, her, uh, the kitchen table is hers. Um... And every time, you, every time you see it, do you think of her? Yes, I do, yeah. actually. The little side tables on the couch, you know, on either side of the couch. Is hers. the lamp hers, too? This lamp is not, no. Oh, okay. No, so. But there's things in the uh, corner cabinet that belong to her, little glasses and cups and things like that. That she. I have a whole set of dishes that belong to her downstairs. Mm. So, yeah, I... Uh, I mean, they're beautiful dishes. I mean, they're all painted with roses on them. Oh, gorgeous. pretty. Yeah. yeah, you know I love China. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, of course it Yeah, there's things, uh, you know, I'm not go- willing to uh, give up those things. It's like giving up a warm fuzzy. It's like giving up a teddy bear. Right. And throwing it away or something. Right, I don't think you should let I, I just think, you know, and I don't you know. I would. Another person might come into my life, another woman, and may have a, uh, an opinion about that. <laughs> well, Nick, now, you're kind of... Projecting um, to... Ruminating, because, in all honesty, you hardly leave this house. No, I don't. I don't... Up in, I, I like to go fishing, and I like to do the yard work, mm-hmm. but I really have no interest of um, hanging out around with large groups of people. Or even going to the movies, yeah. or sometimes yeah. I can get you out of the house to go eat. Yeah. But you just usually check it up to well, the All right, so that's another thing I need to practice. Well, um, if that's what you want to accomplish, if that's uh, what you want to gain. Uh, yeah, it's a comfort and, level. Yeah, well, and some of it is just healthy living, Nick. Having outside interests. Yeah. You know, that could be a good thing. You do have 
you know, you travel back and forth to take your son places, basketball. You do have interaction. It's not like you're yeah, just in the house. Is, I work from home, so, you know, I'm here you don't have the nine hours working, uh, and then I get it. I don't go to lunch because I cook here. You know, and then I walk into my living room from my office when I'm <laughs> right. done with work, and yeah. I, I have no, re- I don't meet other people. Well, but you, know, you go to his I games, got, I know the, right? Yes, I go to the games. I know all the neighbors. You do have some interaction them. through yeah. Orion, yeah. through your daughters, yeah. through your granddaughters. I mean, uh, I know all of it. Justine, I know, you know. Oh, yeah, you know everybody on the block. Yeah, you're the, you're the creepy guy in the window. Yeah, I'm the creepy guy in the window. <laughs> right, yeah. Keep exactly. an eye on everybody. He's the neighborhood yeah. watch. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I think that uh, ultimately um, we all have things to let go of, and... I guess conquering the fear of letting go, like in that story, conquering the fear to let go, knowing you're going to tumble and get bruised up. Knowing it's going to be tough because it's not going to be. Letting Um, go isn't easy. Yeah, it it almost in some cases you you need you need a meditation. You know, I mean, it's really tough. Meditation. Well, you meditate on letting go Mm. of uh, something. You know, Hmm. you know, you kind of remove yourself from that place uh, forever slowly but surely you would have to meditate a lot see and I would think the opposite I would think that you would need to sit and be with that feeling and and entirely feel it and be in it and experience it because you've got to that's how you get through it that's how you get through the pain, I think, is yeah, by feeling it. I mean, especially, you know, they do that with, um, actually, that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's not, it's a good It's idea. hard. Yeah, Nobody it's wants hard. to sit and cry, but yeah. sometimes that's really, truly is cleansing. It's yeah. yeah. I, I have a lot of anger, anger around Ellen's death because of the cancer and the helplessness. Do you know. feel like maybe you need to be angry? Um... Yeah, I've been sad, and now I think that uh, I feel more anger. Yeah. You know, I was angry because my mother died of alcoholism. I was angry at that. You know? Are you still? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I would love if my mother was here and I could introduce. Oh, absolutely. Her, you, know? I, I, you know, I don't have that. I haven't had, had that for and Thanksgivings and... 40 years, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, how long she was your dad too. Died? And my dad died at the age of 62. Okay. In 80, um, what was it, 86. So, <coughs> I've been an orphan since 86. An orphan. <laughs> yeah, both my mom and dad are gone. Uh, my dad's been an orphan since he was, I think, 24. Wow. My yeah. brother, too. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's wrap it up, and we'll have to talk some Yeah, well, just... Uh, well, why don't why don't you tell us why we have to what what we can why we have to let go what 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 can we expect once we do what are the good benefits of letting go because it's difficult to do and it hurts so what well it, what's on the other a, side let's say a woman's in a really bad relationship an abusive relationship letting go of, of the relationship. And her expectations, uh, you know, one and two different things. One, she could be in the relationship and give up her expectations, right, of what a relationship is supposed to be like. She dreamed of a wonderful friendship, loving man to be with. Instead, he like beats her over the head and yells at her all the time. 
or, and she could accept that, or she could let go of the, the relationship, but that means she's going to be dirt poor, probably with three kids, mm-hmm. and not have a, you know, a job that pays her enough to rent anything, and how is she going to clothe her kids, right? My mother says that's why she never left my dad. Yeah. She had six kids. She says, where was she going to go? So, letting go is often not an option. I think it's always an option. It's just the hardest one sometimes. Here we are. We're talking about her letting go of that and tumbling and getting bruised up and cut on the rocks as as the river carries her down the... That pain might have been too much for her. It could have been. And sometimes it (coughs) it can destroy you. (coughs) You know, if you're not tough... And a lot of people are not tough. But in the same sense, she was tough. Yeah. Because of how her life turned out. Everything she went through. You had to be tough to put up with that. Just yeah. to see your babies hurt. Yeah. To, to be hurt yourself. Are you your angry at your mom? Yeah. There's something you have to let go of. I know. I love my mom, but I, I am... Finding compassion for her might help you, you know, get rid of something. I, I do. I do. I do, but I but I don't because I was in that situation too, and I chose different. You're a different generation of women. I'm a woman. She was a woman. Yeah, well, there's people, women who were afraid to go out and march in the streets to get the right to vote. There are women that They're are terrified. afraid to walk out their front door, Nick. There's a lot of fear everywhere. I don't... I Watching your babies get abused is a big trigger for you. You could never see that happen. No, I couldn't. And she yeah. she did, and she didn't leave. Yep. And she left. So us. And, and listen point. to this. Wait. Well, there was also, there was one time when we were in Utah, everybody at the church, everybody in the neighborhood, everybody knew how my dad was. Everybody knew what was going on in our home. Nobody did anything. When we came to Colorado, um, my sisters started in high school together, and they both have the same last name, so I had the same counselor. Mm-hmm. And the counselor happened to notice bruises on both of them in the same couple days. So, social services got involved, and we were required to go do family therapy. And in family therapy, my mom, the the therapist asked my mom if she had anything to say. And my mom said, yes. She says, Kent, I am tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. If you cannot get it together, I'm going to take the three youngest, and I'm going to leave. Oh, three youngest. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Where does that leave you? Me and my sisters with my dad. Okay, so, all right, so that was kind of a, an abandonment issue right there. Oh, God. Yeah. That was scarring. My, my mom does not love me. <laughs> me and my sisters me. talked about it, and we were all appalled. Yeah. All, like, how Joanna was, the most, who, Joanna who, was she, the most mad. She'd been putting up with it the longest. You know what did, I mean? Who did she want to take? Brett, Brian, and Julia. Brent, Brett, Brian, and Julia. My three younger siblings. Okay. She's going to leave us with my dad. But oh. she was going to leave. At least she said she, that was the first time that I heard <coughs> well, my mother. That was the first time I heard my mother stick up for herself. Yeah. I mean, well, not true. Whenever they would fight. But but it was the first time I heard my mom say she'd in, had enough. In public. Right. She'd had enough. Yeah. She admitted to it. And she'd had enough. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard her say that in front of another adult. That was a big step for her. Yeah, but she was going to leave me with my abusive father. Woo, it was crazy. I think I was 
I was 12 when this happened. Have you talked to her about this? No, not that part. I've talked to her a lot about why she didn't leave. We've talked a lot. She knows. She knows. And she tells me that, you know, she says the same thing you do, that life was not that way back then. There wasn't a way for her to make it. She didn't, she didn't finish college. Um, and yeah, she, she had dependent children. She, yeah, she had There were the kids. resources that there are today. She, she never felt a part of her own family. She said she never felt like her parents really, she said her dad was great. Her father loved her. She loved her father, but he was disconnected partly because her mother was such a bear and her mother Admittedly, I have my grandma on podcast, and she says, you know, Jody, I don't think I was meant to be a mother. I was never very good at it. Your mother was much better at it than I was, mm-hmm. meaning my mother took right. care of her right. siblings. And so my mother says that she, she never really felt like she belonged at my parents, at my grandparents' home. She said that um, she started going to the Mormon church when she was three, started going with her grandpa, and in the Mormon church is where she learned where she was from, what she was supposed to do in life, why, heaven, where she was going, Heavenly Father Jesus. And her parents, her own parents, were drinkers, didn't go to church. Her dad smoked. So she didn't feel like she belonged there. But when she was at church, where church is all about family, mm-hmm. everybody was there with the family. She was there with her grandpa. Mm-hmm. So my mother told me she never felt like she belonged anywhere. And, um, and she also says she never understood, she never, she doesn't understand women. She doesn't understand any of us girls, her own daughters, because I don't understand any of you. <laughs> so my mom is very, my mom is, uh, I don't know, she's got three best friends that she's had for 30 some years. So she definitely knows how to have connections, relationships. She just doesn't understand us girls, I guess. But, um... Where was it going with that? Um, my mom. The anger you have towards your mom because she didn't leave. Oh, yeah. She, and she was going to leave you behind if she did leave. And, and we that, have talked about yeah, that a lot. You've talked about that particular incident with yeah, her? Yeah, a lot. And how you feel about it? Yeah. Did she apologize? Um, no, she doesn't. She says, you know, I'm I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that you're hurt so by that. is that kind of she, condescending? Not, no, she's like, you know, I'm sorry that you were hurt by that. Uh-huh. You know, my intentions were never, I, she says, I did, I, well I did the best that do? I could. Is she that, says, I did the best, I felt like I did the best that I could, that we were better off with your dad, because my dad was supportive. He worked two jobs. Yeah. He was also in the, in the Navy Reserves. Like, my dad was... He was a good provider. You know, the house we bought in Utah, they bought brand new. The house they bought when we moved to Colorado was brand new. The house they bought in Parker was brand new. Like, they, you know, does well for supporting six kids. You know, and of course, now he's still doing very well. But she has given me (coughs) the only explanation I'm going to get. It might not be enough for me, but that is the explanation. And... I am coming to terms with that. Um, I don't want to be angry at my mother. I love her very much. I think she's amazing. I would introduce anybody in the world to my mom, and they would love her. Well, you're very proud of her on some level as well. Yes, yes. 
And um, so, yeah, I think there's a bunch of stuff that would I would hope would not be too hard to let go of there. Yeah. What, what about the alcohol in your mother? Do you think you'll ever not be angry about that? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, my mother was knocked down, drag out, drunk when she died, but she had only been drinking for seven years. Okay. Oh, only seven yeah. years? Yeah. Took her to die. Yeah. She was 52. My, you know, so what was she, 44, something like that, 46? Did but, she uh, ever get intervention, rehab? Uh, she had two 30-day stints uh, in rehab. She also had two hip replacements, so that meant she couldn't drink while she was having a hip replacement. She went through withdrawal. Uh, you know, through she moved to pain meds. No, she didn't. No. Mm-hmm. She was strictly alcoholic. Alcohol, and so it was interesting when I met you and we started drinking. Okay. Okay. And I, it did cross my mind that here I was hanging out with you, and we were both drinking, but it reminded me of the same sort of feeling that I had uh, when I hung out with my mom when she was drinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that years later. What kind of feeling was that? Um, a comfort level. You know, a really? safe, you know. Oh, I wouldn't have thought that. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Comfort and safe, huh? Yeah. That, that I could, way you I constantly go, fed well, me shots. It's like uh, I'm with yeah, my mother. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's, yeah. And so there is a bit of a, you know, uh, an incestuous sort of, Part oh. to that as well. That, I see. Uh, you know that because I, I began to be attracted to you, and I began to uh, feel that I, I loved you romantically instead of just as a friend, and so that's when it had we had to have a break. You know. Yeah. And so, um, but go, going back to that memory, when I, years later, after I went back to those memories, because I thought about you all those years, um, that we didn't see each other. I, I began to have a, a clearer, you know, understanding of maybe what was going on there. I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing in the towel that that's all of it, but I'm just saying that's part of it. I'm, I'm sure it is. So, and that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can get rid of that anger, you know. And maybe on some level, if I drank with you, I wasn't going to be angry with you, you know. Because we were drinking. Oh, water. because I remind you so much of your mother? Because that when we're not drinking, the energy, yeah, the energy of, of, of being with a woman who's drinking, all right, and, and drunk, all right, was familiar to me. But you drinking in that same scenario yeah, doesn't and, change the scene. Well, anyway, because if I wasn't, maybe I would be just pissed off and say, you know, I don't want to hang out with you. You're drunk. You know. Is that how you felt towards your mom? That's how I felt with my mom. Did she know that? Yeah, I told her straight up. Uh, well, you you can't tell. You can't them. That's not tell already them. too involved. You right? can't not tell them. No. I mean, yeah, you can't. I begged her. I pleaded with her. I, you know, I said, let's move to Saudi Arabia with it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wow. Well. I mean, you know, she was that hooked. She could not. Like what? How old were you? That seven years? Oh, um, what was that? 1982. I was almost 30. 29. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. When she died? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was all through your 20s that she um, was drinking. She died in 82. I came back from Europe with the family in 77. So there were um, 
yeah, so that was that five years that she had already been a drunk for like three. And my dad had told me about it while I was over in Europe uh, via letter, but I didn't really write back and forth to them much, you know, so I didn't really find out the full impact until I came back in 77 and found my mom drinking a handle every two days. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, a vodka. Straight. On you expressed to me at one point in time that you thought maybe you were leaving the country. Yes, I did. Got yeah. drinking. You know, in part, I think it was my, my siblings, my young, I'm the eldest, my siblings, my younger ones, my, my sister, my two brothers, kind of thought that, and they told me. <laughs> you know what, there could have been, yeah, uh, well, but there could have been, with the drinking, some people are sad drunks. And they cry about things, mm-hmm. and you were definitely something to cry about. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I don't know that that necessarily well, I, makes you the catalyst. Well, no, but when I left the country at 17 and a half, when I left, my mother was somebody who had a drink uh, twice a week, maybe, you know, with my dad when he came home from work. She did not drink. <laughs> but anything could have happened in her life that you well, know Well, then I left about. the country, and all of a sudden... Did anybody die in her family? Did she lose a parent? No. A sibling? No, Did you find know. out that your dad was having an affair? <laughs> no. No, I think it was me. <laughs> I was her firstborn. Before I was born, she had a miscarriage. After I was born, she had a miscarriage. She didn't think she was going to have any more children. But she did have more. Well, of course. But I was. Uh, she parentified me, all right, growing up. I was like her... her uh, but your father was there. How, were, no, how did he wasn't she... there that often. He wasn't there emotionally oh. for her. And so she... Um, I did I that was with close, I was close to her. Yep. And she sort of um, made me a surrogate spouse. You know, sort of well, Kettner was there to... He fathered his, his siblings more than their father did. Yeah. Oh. They say that too. That they went to Kettner for more things than they well, went to Maybe you know, I was protected by mom. I was there for her emotionally when she wanted to talk about, you know, my dad, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. I thought that only went on in divorced houses. I didn't know that went on in... <laughs> no, and they never divorced, but, you know, the thing is, when I left, she lost that. She, and lost. Was, she didn't have friends? She didn't have... She had friends, but there's some things, I don't know. I, I think I was her pride and joy. I'm, you know, I'm sorry to say that, but I think I was. Then why... I, why do you think I'm You would think then that her pride and joy crying at her knees, begging her not to drink, would no, be moving. No, she was fucked. It's a disease. Yeah. Why do you think I overfunction in relationships with women? I well, then how come we stopped? We stopped because we made a commitment and we saw how detrimental it was to our, not only our lives outside of here, but also to our relationship. We can actually be authentic with each other. Right now. I, I think we were too authentic when we were drinking. Well, we were very authentic, maybe. Maybe sometimes we were, yeah. You were, too, actually, o- you mind, were too authentic. I, I wouldn't mind getting drunk with you again. You know? <laughs> well, that's one thing that we do mourn is the loss of that 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 high, that fun time. That, you know, that... We, we were more funny. Yeah. I, I think we were more funny. We were more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least we think so. I mean... I, don't know we were talking about letting uh, letting go of things, and, and back then we were talking about anal sex. So, you know, like Jeez. a difference. You know? Yes, yes. Well, you you'd still talk about anal sex willingly. Really, yeah, I know you would. I probably would. <laughs> well, anyway, we should let, we should um, shut her down here. And see.
Yeah, we're over an hour, definitely. Um, I think it's been a good talk. I'm glad that we didn't cut off earlier because we hadn't really finished. Well, there's a lot of uh, grief going on. You lost people in your life. What about the doctor down in Florida? You know? Yeah, I lost Darren, and then I lost Byron. Byron. And I was sure that my alcoholic was number three. Yeah. I was just sure of it. It, it used to give me so much anxiety and misery. It was misery. Right. Imagine, like, what I imagine you think it would be to get into another relationship. There's a bit of misery in there at the thought of the loss. Yeah. At the no, at knowing that it's, it's coming. Like, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm kind of cool here by myself. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm liking it. That's how I feel. I'm liking it by myself. I, well, even I me feel. being completely alone. You being completely alone. I, I, I miss like the it. boy when he's gone. Oh, God, I miss my kids, too, but no. you fill that time. Well, I also love the uh, the, 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 the time we have without the boy here. Yeah. Where we can, you know, feel free to <coughs> do a podcast. Smoke in the living room, do Smoke a podcast. Smoke in the living room, yeah. Yep. And not have to make ramen for the boy. <laughs> yeah, not have to make ramen. Or, you know, don't have to do nothing. We can just hang out together. And uh, I feel a lot more free when he's well, not here. And that's how I feel all the time at my place. Yeah. And I like it. And that's good to get used to. Yeah. And I love my bed. I absolutely love my bed. Yeah. It's comfortable. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this is the end of Jaded. I am Jody. And Nick is here. Thanks for listening. Take care.